we're going to take a pause from our series on the cross. We actually just have a few more weeks left on that, but the Lord really gave me a word for our church tonight, and I want to share it. I don't know how long it's going to be. Whatever time we have at the end, whether it's a few minutes or 30 minutes, we're going to spend in prayer. So we're going to take some time to pray tonight. But I want you to turn with me, if you would, in your Bibles to Daniel chapter 7, verse 25. And this is prophetic, of course. This is part of Daniel's prophecy about the end times, specifically concerning the Antichrist and his reign and what he's going to do during the tribulation period. So keep that in mind. This is Daniel writing this in the Babylonian captivity about what's going to happen in the still future for us. It's going to happen in the tribulation. And he's speaking about that he here is the Antichrist. 25, and he shall speak great words against the Most High and shall wear out the saints of the Most High and think to change times and laws and they shall be given into his hands until a time and times of the dividing of time. We have to really study the prophecy to, to understand you know, the fullness of what's going on here. Just suffice it to say, this is speaking about Antichrist when basically when he comes to his full prominence during the tribulation period, but specifically the second half of the tribulation period, which is time of year, a year, and, you know, a time and times and a, and a half of dividing the time, three and a half years, according to the Jewish calendar. He is going to be in his absolute heyday. It's going to come to a crashing end. The word of God tells us the Lord's going to come back on a white horse mm -hmm. and the saints of God with him. That will be the second coming. The first time he came as a, as a lamb to die on the cross for the sins of the world. The second time he comes, he's coming as a conquering king. Amen. He's not laying down his life. He's going to reign and rule. And the Bible says we're going to reign and rule with him. Mm -hmm. So that will be the end of Antichrist's uh, rule, and it will be a global rule. It will be allowed by the Lord. And he said, well, why are we talking about this tonight? Uh, I believe the Lord just stirred, you know, spoke to me to share this with our church. I know that I need to hear it. And the, the word wear out, when it talks about he'll wear out the saints, that, that's really what I want us to focus. You see that in, in the Antichrist, he shall speak great words against the Most High and shall wear out the saints of the Most High. That's the only time that word wear out, like that phrase is used in the Bible. Only time it's used. And it means to wear down, to wear out, to afflict. And it means only in a mental sense. In other words, it's a grind on the mind. What is going to be taking place? Now, I know that that's speaking by the brain during the tribulation. So I don't want you to think I don't understand that. I'm leading you to, to, to something unbiblical. But one of the tactics of the devil, and Antichrist will be given over to Satan and to his power, is to wear us down. So just keep that in mind. I'm not saying we're going to be in the tribulation. If we're born again, we're not going to be part of the tribulation. We're born again on this side of the tribulation, okay? We're going to be raptured before that, and we're dying. We'll be with the Lord, and our bodies will be raptured later. But we won't be part of this. But I just want us to see that the Bible tells us that Satan, through the Antichrist, is going to speak blasphemous things. It says great words. They're not great in the sense that we think of great. They're blasphemous things. 
that he's going to speak directly against the Most High God. And God's going to allow it. You think, well, as soon as he does that, you know, God get it. Don't let him do that. The Lord's allowing it for a purpose. It is to bring the nation of Israel to repentance. It is to bring a secondary, but not far behind it, a secondary uh, purpose of the tribulation period, which is literally seven years, uh, is going to be to bring a judgment upon the earth. And then the Lord's going to come back and put an end to all, all of that and start his millennial reign. But he wears out, he's going to wear out the saints. The saints would be the people of God. So let's, let's back up to our day and see that that is still a tactic of the devil. To wear out, to wear down, to afflict in a mental sense, to grind us down, okay? It's not necessarily physical, like you go and, and we're going to have a work day at the church and we're slopping through mud in the back, cutting down trees or something and we're worn out. There's that kind of fatigue as well. But it says Antichrist is going to wear out the saints. He's going to grind down, to wear away, to wear out mentally. And I believe he does that. He has done that throughout the history of mankind. It's just going to come to a, a head or a biggest power that he's going to have will be displayed during the tribulation period. But think about how the Lord wants to wear down our faith. And he wants to, when you look around, and I just want to talk a little bit tonight about the, um, the state in which we are. And some pastors and some preachers and some evangelists, it's their theme every week and every week. And I'm not at all against that. If that's the way God, what God has put on their hearts to minister in this hour, the, uh, you know, the, the one world globalism that we're facing and, and economic shutdowns and all these type of things and viruses and vaccines. And I'm not at all opposed to preaching that. And I do preach that. But it's, God hasn't let it for me to be that, the focus. But I do think there are times that we need to put our finger on the pulse of, of the day in which we live. Mm -hmm. Okay? We did that series a few months back on our glorious future. And we talked a lot about end times things. And so we, we do talk about it and we should talk about it. I just, what happens to me if I, if I focus on it all the time, I become fearful. It makes me fearful. And I've done some reading this past week, and it really does grind on you. Just you're reading facts, you're reading real facts of people in positions of power and what they're doing and what they're saying, and they're making no bones about it, and their their agenda. You can look around and see hey, that's actually being fulfilled. What this man is saying, what this group of people is saying, that is ungodly, unchristian how they're going to fundamentally transform human life on the earth is, is actually coming to pass. So if I just focus on that, I can become fearful. And I know that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. Amen. To say that we're not to be ignorant of Satan's devices. We're not like the ostrich who buries his head in the sand and thinks they're all safe because I can't see the danger, right? That's what the ostrich literally thinks and uh, he buries his head under the ground and thinks that lion's not going to bother him just because he can't see the lion anymore. Well, the lion's going to have a little 
what's going on. We're not ignorant of Satan's devices. And I want you to look, so keep that in mind about the Antichrist during the tribulation, and I know that he's working towards this now, is to wear down the saints. He wants to wear us down to where we quit. He wants to wear us down, maybe not to where we quit believing in Jesus Christ, that we're no longer Christians. I believe he, that, that would be an ultimate goal for him. But I believe he is working to wear down the saints to where we quit. We quit hoping in God. We quit believing for revival in our country. We quit believing that our family members that are lost are going to be saved. We quit believing to see the goodness of the Lord God in the land of the living, like David said. I had fainted unless I believed to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. This land, this life. He says, I would have fainted, but I have to believe that I'm going to see it. And I don't know, God hasn't promised to me revival in America, but he hasn't promised me or showed me his word that it's not going to happen. So I'm going to pray for revival and for souls to be saved and for the church body to rise up in power that these signs will follow them that believe in the name of the Lord. I want to pray and believe for that. And when we do go out, we don't want to go out with a whimper. We want to go out guns blazing, so to speak. We want to go out living for God with a faith that can move mountains. Amen? Because he said, and our Savior promised, he also he promised that the, the reign of Antichrist is going to come to an end. He promised that we're not appointed to wrath, but we're appointed to obtain mercy. Okay? In 1 Thessalonians 5, and in the, the tribulation period, especially the last three and, a half, three and a half years, is a time of God's wrath. We are not appointed to that. And so, but he, he's promised that these signs shall fall in the belief. He has spoken and said, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you'll say to this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and it shall be done. And nothing shall be impossible to him who believes. Mm -hmm. Now that is qualified. It's not limited by, oh, we have to make an excuse for it. But that promise is limited by, we need to walk in God's will. We need to ask and pray and believe for things that are according to his will and not just uh, name it and claim it this perverted prosperity gospel mm -hmm. that is not uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. But understand, having said that, he promised that. There's several scriptures very similar to it. Uh, if we ask anything in my, you ask anything in my name, I will do it, that the Father may be glorified and so forth. Mm -hmm. So we have to ask things that glorify God. We need to be a people that draws in close to the Lord Jesus. We have to hear his heart. I didn't look the scripture up, but but because uh, I'm just thinking of it, but in First Chronicles, it talks about the, the children of Issachar, I believe in David's day, and it said they were men of understanding, and they knew what Israel ought to do in that day. And it's something that the Bible points that out. It's listing all the tribes and how many, like, men capable of fighting were in each of the tribes and Ephraim and so forth. And it talks about Issachar, and it makes that statement. There were men of understanding who knew what Israel ought to do in their day. And I think who but the people of God would know what we ought to be doing. It's the Christians. It's the church. And it's going to be those. We're not chasing after foolishness. We're not chasing after if you can envision a Rolls Royce in your driveway and and incubate it in your mind till it comes. We're not fooling with all that foolishness. It's going to happen. Or we're going to make it all dark and light some candles and, and turn over to some uh, Catholic 
uh, type of a service because there are a lot of Protestants that have turned to that kind of stuff now. Mm -hmm. We're not talk, chasing after foolishness. We're keeping our eyes on Jesus. Thank you, and we're going to walk by faith and we're going to walk Thank in power. You. If there's many or few, I'm praying that it's many, but if it's many or few, I'm going to keep walking with Jesus. Amen. And I'm going to keep walking with the Lord. Satan is trying to wear us out by listening to the news, watching the news, uh, driving down the street, looking at a billboard, seeing the little uh, scroll ticker tape at the bottom of the TV telling us what's happening. Uh, I've said it before. I have cops TV. When, when, the, when the, I pause it or when, when it, the screen kind of goes blank, it starts its own little thing. It starts its own little uh, messaging up there. And all the messaging is, is either absolute trivia that nobody in the world cares about. <laughs> this pop star is having a child with this pop star, their partner, or, or it's talking about this, that, or it's something that's totally just uh, anti-Christian. Mm -hmm. you're, you're getting an agenda mm -hmm. is what you're getting. And it's not just Cox, the whole world has bought into this new, I don't know what you call it, there's a name for it that, that is being used, the Great Reset, okay, you've probably heard it. The world has bought into that. And it's like it's like resetting, uh, pushing a button, and we're gonna say life's moving this way, the economies, capitalism, uh, patriotism, uh, the environment, everything's, humanity, health, everything's functioning this way. And we, we, the people in power, now God's over it all, and he laughs at them, okay? He laughs. But these people are saying, we're going to push a button, click, and we're going to reset things. And we're going to set up a society the way we want. And the we has nothing to do with God, Christianity, the Bible, the truth. It's darkness. It's the spirit of darkness. It's the spirit of the world. And the COVID virus is being used as a, as a great opportunity. I want, to, I want to read this quote, okay? Whatever your feelings are, and I have godly people, and I'm saying stress this, godly Christian people that I love and respect on both sides of the aisle, so to speak, or the view on the vaccines. So I'm not getting into that. And our church is not going to be divided over a vaccine, all right? I am saying that this is unprecedented. There's nothing that compares to what the powers that be, how they're trying to take advantage of this situation, and they're doing a good job of it. Economies are being wrecked. I don't know how many, I don't know a statistic, maybe you do. How many small businesses have gone out of business in the last year and a half? I would think a lot. I drive around this city and I see restaurants that are closed that used to be open. Little mom and pop hole in the wall restaurants where you might get a po'boy or something. And they're closed. And I see stores in malls and big chain stores that have closed. I see stores that used to stay open until 9 p.m. and they're closing at 4 p.m. now in this city. This is unprecedented. So I'm not going to get into taking sides with you from this pulpit about 
the vaccine and things like this. The, the disease and the, the sickness and the virus is real, okay? It's a real, I'm talking about what, that how men are taking advantage. Enterprise is taking advantage and things are speeding up. Things are speeding up and they're coming to a head. He's trying to wear out the saints of God, amen? So I want you to look at Galatians chapter six with me. Verses 9 and 10. Now we know before we read it that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God, even to the pulling down of strongholds. That's a promise. What are we going to believe? We're going to believe what we see, what we hear, the trends, and how we see things moving off in a very unchristian, anti-Christ manner? Or am I going to believe the Word of God? That's what it's going to come down to, just wearing down of the saints, okay? Not that we necessarily miss out on heaven. If we're born again, we're going to heaven. And I'm not saying we stop believing in Jesus Christ. The wearing down to me has to do with grinding us down to where we become powerless in our day. Mm -hmm. To where we have no testimony for Jesus Christ. We're not the salt and the light like we've been talking about in Sunday school in weeks past. We, we're salt that's lost its savor. We are not hoping, we're not praying, we're not fasting, we're not crying out at the altars, we're not crying at the altar for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we're not praying for souls to be saved. We throw up our token little prayer, Lord, save my family, and keep rolling. But there's not a faith that moves us to say, get off my behind and go talk to them. Just like going to, to do the Parkview Bible study. God didn't write it on the wall like in Daniel's day, okay? God said to me, you have an opportunity to serve me. Go serve me. They're opening the door. Go teach the Bible to people that need to hear it. Go share the gospel. And, and the, the wearing down wants to grind away our faith in God and our effectiveness for his kingdom. We're only here a short time. When I say a short time, it's a short time. We're only here for a little while. Use what you have, and that includes our time, Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Mm -hmm. Redeeming means to buy it back. You're making good use of it. You're doing something. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. If the days were evil in Paul's day, and they were, and in the Roman Empire we lived and on the earth, they were, how much more so in our day? When the Bible tells us that darkness is increasing, the love of many shall wax cold and so forth. What does it say here in Galatians 6, 9, and 10? And let us not be weary in well-doing. He's speaking to the church. He's saying, include himself. Let us, the believers, not become weary in well-doing. We can become weary, but God strengthens us. Don't become weary of well-doing. To where you say, you know, I used to serve a lot in the church. I'm not, I'm just back off a little used to teach that kid Sunday school. I'm just going to back off. Somebody else will fill the gap. And it's your own choice. The Lord leads you, then the Lord leads you. Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap. That's a promise of God. Do I believe that or do I not? In due season we shall reap if we faint not. And as you have therefore opportunity, that's how I look at the part of you Bible study, for example. I have an opportunity. 
As ye therefore have opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto those, them, who are of the household of faith, especially to the body of Christ, especially to other believers. Do good. Share the gospel. We're called the, the Great Commission to go out in the highways and byways and uttermost parts of the earth and preach that men would be saved, that my house may be full, he said. But to the, to the saints of God as well, don't become weary. Somebody needs help moving. Oh, I've done enough. Don't let somebody else do that. Help to serve. We're going to be taken out of here soon. But until then, let's serve God. Amen. And let's serve Him with joy and with gladness. And let's remind ourselves daily or hourly that this world is not our home. Amen. Thank you, Lord. We can tell ourselves right now, this world is not my home. I have a home prepared for me, eternal in the heavens, Paul says to the Corinthian church. We have a home prepared, eternal in the heavens. Mm -hmm. And we need to keep our eyes on Jesus. Mm -hmm. Thank you. You know, in the, in the midst of all that's going on, if, if you watch the news, if you, if you look at social media and are getting a message that's coming down from above, not from the Lord, but above in authority, so to speak. You're being told all kinds of things that we need to comply. Uh, Dr. Fauci said the little masks don't really help, but it shows good behavior. That's actual quote from him. The masks don't help. Some of the little cheap ones that people wear mask up Louisiana, but they don't help, but but they show good behavior. Behavior? Are you my daddy? What are you trying to, to tell me? It's the fact that, that we're being uh, duped to a large extent. Okay? And what we're not being told by anybody is turn to God. Seek the Lord. Turn to Jesus. Get back to the heart of the Lord. Repent. America, repent. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying nobody's saying but not the voices that you hear. I'm saying not as a whole, and not even as a whole in the churches. You're going you're gonna to hear that uh, Black Lives Matter. You're going to hear the LGBT. we got to get on board with this, and God loves all people, and love is love. You're not going to be told, repent. Mm -hmm. Repent. Turn to Jesus. We're not being told that. We're not being told that for the most part in our churches. And if you try to promote that on social media, you're going to be shut down. This is the day in which we're living. You know what's interesting? That Jesus' first recorded message in the gospel, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. Jesus' first recorded message. I'm going to read it again. Mark 1.15. The time is fulfilled. And I know it was speaking about his first coming and going to the cross and so forth. We're living in the church age. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. That's what I'm talking about. I said we're not going to be divided over a vaccine or a virus. Who takes it and who doesn't? And they're idiots if they do and they're idiots if they don't. 
every man will have to, to research it, find out, and make the decision that they make based on that, okay? And I respect those who do, and I respect those that don't. I'm not going to stand and fall over a vaccine. I'm just letting you know that. But I'm not going to be blind to the, to the way things are going and, and those that are taking advantage of this circumstance. People are defying God. It says in, 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 Romans, I mean in Genesis chapter 6 in Noah's day that it says every imagination of the thoughts of the heart of man was only evil continually. I don't think we're too far off from that now. Now, it's not a blanket combination. There are wonderful people. There are people that love God or serve God. I'm talking about as a whole. God brought a flood. He promised to never flood the earth like that again. But he brought a judgment. Every imagination of the thoughts of the heart of man was only evil continually. And the earth was filled with violence. That was a description of the world, you know, in Noah's day. 5,000. 5,000 something years ago. And so we're, we're living in, in such a, a time as this where, where evil men and seducers are waxing worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. And the Bible says that uh, Jesus said this in Matthew uh, 24. He said, Nation shall, in, in Luke 2 and 21 as well, nation shall rise up against nation. Kingdom against kingdom, and great earthquakes shall be in diverse places, and famines and pestilences. He talks about pestilences or diseases, okay? Uh, and then he goes on to say, this, these are the beginning of sorrows. Mm -hmm. The beginning of sorrows. It's not the full-blown heart of the middle of the sorrow. It is the beginning of sorrows. In other words, it's the first stage in the last days. Mm -hmm. Now, biblically speaking, we've talked about it since the resurrection of Jesus Christ till the second coming of the Lord at the end of the tribulation period, that this whole period, and we're in it, okay, is considered the last days, the last times, the end times, all right? But we would be, if I always say this timeline, here's the resurrection of Jesus, and here's the, let's say, the, the rapture, and then the seven-year tribulation, the second coming of the Lord. I would think we're way down here. Mm -hmm. You say, well, I, I, don't, I don't have some specific scripture other than many scriptures that tell me the characteristics of these days. Mm -hmm. There's always been homosexuality. There's always been a, a Satanism. There's always been false religions. There's always been compromise within what's called Christianity. That's nothing new, but it's increasing. And it started increasing at light speed within the last year or so. At light speed. I've just never seen anything like it. The coronavirus is not the final plague of all plagues, but it is showing, uh, it's being used to bring about radical change. Radical change. The, uh, the I'll give you a couple of quotes here. And the, uh, Bill Gates said uh, at the beginning of this crisis, normalcy only returns when we largely vaccinated the entire, entire global population. The UK government has said that vaccination will not be compulsory. However, there's, there's uh, 
they're going to issue what's called a freedom pass needed for travel, for access to shops, for work, for entertainment venues, for in all public spaces. But it's not compulsory. Government, and I don't know that, that that has not been put in place yet, but here's a minister, so you know that I'm not pulling this out of thin air. Minister James Cleverly in the UK says, millions of people, this is quote, millions of people will have their lives quote, unlocked by getting the COVID jab and a card showing that they have had it. The vaccination program will also allow Britain's economy to be unlocked. One American journalist said, no government won't force you to take the vaccine, but Amazon will, airlines will, banks will. You won't be able to buy, sell, or trade without the vaccine. Now, I don't know, we're not there now, so it has not happened yet. I'm not saying that it's going to happen. It has not happened in America here. It's mandatory. There are certain arenas in our country where people are already limited based on whether or whether they have not. You might think it's a great idea, okay? But uh, there's a man named uh, Klaus Schwab. Klaus Schwab is the chairman of the World Economic Forum. It, it, he, he hosts the annual Davos Summit of World Economic, Political, and Business Leaders. The, ult the absolute one, I don't know, 100 to 1% of the world's elite in power and wealth and so forth attend this. Very secretive, they have uh, security. You and I will be able to go in, reporters are not allowed to go in and so forth. And they are discussing your future. Now praise God, God has my future. You understand what I'm saying? But they are discussing in their minds, they're spreading themselves like a big green bay tree and boasting of what they're going to do. And right now, the Lord is allowing things to go along a certain uh, line. It does not mean that he cannot stop it, turn it, give us a break, give us like in Esther's day, a space of grace mm -hmm. where he sweeps millions of Americans or global pe people into his kingdom and gives us uh, and then raptures us. It does not mean that. I'm saying that the Lord is allowing things to unfold. What is ultimately coming before the return of Christ is a one world government and a one world, one world, okay? Not this nation, that nation. One world government, one world leader, one world economic uh, system, one world just globalism to the nth degree. It's gonna come to that and it's gonna be very short lived. We won't live on this earth to see it. If you know Jesus now, you won't live to see it. We will, we're seeing the foretaste of it now. We're getting a taste of it with what's going on in the world. We're seeing the, the handwriting on the wall. We're seeing the prophecies of the scriptures fulfilled. But he says, this man, Kachwa, uh, he wrote a book. So I'm not pulling stuff out of the thin air to make this guy look bad or anti-Christian. I'm reading a quote from the man who wrote the book and who heads up this World Economic Forum. His book is called COVID-19, The Great Reset. The pan this pandemic represents, this is a quote, and from his book, where I said they make no bones about what they're trying to do. Is the, is the virus real? Yes. 
Will people die for it? Yes. Is something you want to avoid and not catch? Yes. Okay? Having said all that, you see, is it man-made, man-caused? Is it caused for a reason? Is it being uh, taken advantage of for a reason? Are people, are, are world powers snatching away our liberties and freedoms for a reason? Yes. Whatever you think about the virus and the vaccine, this is happening. This pandemic represents a rare but narrow window of opportunity. It's an opportunity to reflect, to reimagine, does it say to repent? No. For revival? No. A narrow window of opportunity to reflect, reimagine, and reset our world. Many things will change forever. A new world will emerge. The societal upheaval unleashed by COVID-19 will last for years and possibly generations. Many of us are pondering when things will return to normal. The short response is never. Okay? I could read you quote after quote after quote after quote. My point is that there's a spirit of Antichrist at work in the world today. It will come the Antichrist. He may be living today. He's not in his position of authority now. He will come to full fruition of power. Daniel spoke of him. The book of Revelation talks about him. Jesus talks about him in all of it through his course. When you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, then let me that's in you know, the field not return home and so forth. And that is dealing with Israel. And, and, and God has a, a special plan for Israel. That's another sermon for another day. But that is another sign of the time. The anti-Semitism. On our, in our churches, y'all, it's one thing for to have anti-Semitism uh, in the world. The Muslims don't even, when they teach their little kids in school in these Muslim nations, do not even show Israel on the map. They, they want it annihilated. They don't want to make peace with Israel. The Palestinians aren't looking to make peace with Israel. The Palestine, that little area that was given to them, and the Palestinian people are being used as a political pawn to ultimately bring about the destruction of Israel where they're gone. Just this past week, the UN, uh, what's the word, ratified, approved? Uh, I, I read it, I forgot the number, so please forgive me, I'll double check it. Like seven condemnation resolutions condemning Israel. Just this past week, there's never a condemnation, not one, of China. Do they have human rights violations in China? Or Saudi Arabia? Or Iran? Or, or Turkey when those people try to, you know, uh, or, or North Korea? How many condemnations of the UN? They're literally in the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds historically of condemnations of Israel for their human rights abuses and violations. It's a joke. It's a joke. But this is the day in which we live, y'all. And this is tells us the time in which we're living. And the Lord doesn't want us to panic. When the Bible says that the love of many will wax cold, it does say that in these days. But you know what? It doesn't say the love of all will wax cold, does it? The love of many will wax cold. My love doesn't have to wax cold. Your love doesn't have to wax cold. Our love for people that hate us doesn't have to wax cold. They hate each other. They hate everybody. 
especially Christians that are walking it out and living it. They're very tolerant, except when it comes to Christians. But y'all, we don't have to fall into that trap and, and become worn down. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. We need to know that. We need to believe that. I need to wake up every day like David and set the Lord always before me. I always picture this. I know I've shared it. It's little things that help me. I picture David as king when he, when he writes this. And, and King David, and, and he writes Psalm 16, I've set the Lord always before me. He's at my right hand. I shall not be moved. In his presence is fullness of joy. Okay? But just picture a king. Worldly powers and powerful people, they're going to wake up every day wondering how they can abuse their power, basically, what they can obtain for themselves. David woke up, he was king, and God had blessed him and, and given him victory over his enemies all around. But he woke up, put his little feet on the floor, wiped the sleep out of his eyes, and he set the Lord before him. Amen. This is what I'm living for, who I'm living for, who I want to honor, who I'm going to obey, who I'm going to seek after, because he satisfies me, the longing soul, and fills the hungry soul with goodness. Because he, when, when all else is false and fake, and, and people stabbing in the back, and his own son stabbing in the back, and he's trying to steal, steal the kingdom, the Lord is the truth. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He, he, he set the Lord always before him. That's what that means. Setting the Lord always before him. And God, guys, we can do that same thing. We don't have to wait until there's a revival that takes place in our country. We don't have to wait until uh, everything goes the way that we want it to go. He wants us to live for the Lord right now. To live for Him right now. Amen? Amen. And so it, it's, it's a matter of our hearts being right with the Lord. It is not a matter of perfection that we never fail the Lord. It's not even a matter that fear never can, sudden fear come upon us. Because sudden fear does come upon us. It's that we don't live in that. That's not my nature. That's not my character. That's not my day-to-day -day routine. Being overcome by fear and the darkness that's around me or compromise or spiritual laziness or backsliding or, or powerlessness. I'm not going to live in that. Satan fires his fiery darts, right? And they come and they hit us. And maybe for a second or, or maybe if we're not walking as we should, it can be last for a day or a few days. When we fall into a fear, we fall into a depression, don't leave here tonight based on what I've said and Klaus Schwab and become fearful. We're more than conquerors to him that loved us. Mm -hmm. Am I saying we're not going to have to face things that are unpleasant? I'm not saying that. I'm saying our strength is in Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Whether we face something or don't face something. Corey Timboon and her family were hiding the Jews from the Nazis in, in, during the World War II because they believed that was the right thing to do, that the Lord wanted them to help those people. And they got caught. 
and they were thrown in the concentration camps right along with the Jews. They were Christians. They weren't Jews. And one of her sisters was raped and, and abused. One of her, her sisters died in the concentration camp. So they, we go through things as Christians. But her strength was in the Lord. There were times in that concentration camp her faith wavered, but it didn't fall. It wavered. And her sister encouraged her in the Lord. I'm not saying we don't have to go through things or won't have to go through things. I'm saying stay, keep your eyes on Jesus. Don't get cold-hearted towards one another. Don't become selfish and introverted. Well, I'm just taking care of me. I got enough food in the pantry for this. I got enough food in the lockdown storage for this. I got enough ammo for this. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen. But I know that we can keep our eyes on Jesus. And he will take care of us. And I'm not going to shrink up and shrivel up in my heart and say, oh, just take care of me and my wife and that's it. I want to be big hearted. I want to be. And I want you to be. And I want us to, to live for God in this day in which we live. Amen? Amen. And uh, look at a couple of scriptures. We're going to close. You know, I know that this is not something I preach every Sunday. I'm not opposed to the pastors that do. I know of one pastor that spends a lot of time on this. He feels this is what he's supposed to do. He's like a watchman on the wall. Okay? So, let's look at Philippians chapter 2. And I want to close with this, this scripture. I have so much more than I could say. With two scriptures, actually. Philippians 2.16 Holding forth the word of life. Well, let's back to verse 15. That ye may be blameless and, and harmless, the sons of God. Schwab at this point in his life, is not a son of God. Those that are aligned with him, those that are boasting of great things that they're going to do, and in many cases are doing it, and to them it's just like a, 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 the way it's being paid to perform. These things are really falling into place for the one world people. Okay? But they don't know Jesus, and we do. That ye may be blameless and harmless the sons of God without rebuke in the midst of, where are we? Separated somewhere in a commune out there in the desert? No, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom ye shine as lights in the world, holding forth the word of life. So we got to hold it forth and hold to it ourselves and walk in obedience to it and proclaim it. That I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. Last verse, Revelation chapter 3, verse 2. It's the church of Sardis that the Lord is speaking to. Revelation 3, 2. Let's read 1 and 2. And unto the angel, as commonly thought of being the pastor or the overseer of the church, of the church of Sardis, write these things, saith he that hath the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know thy works, that thou hast a name, that thou livest and art dead. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. For I have not found thy works perfect 
before God. Simply from that, I wanted to, to see that we can strengthen what remains. We don't have to be ready to die, okay? But as a church body, even though many things and liberties and freedoms in our country and in North America and in the UK and other places are being stripped, we need to strengthen what remains. Our walk with the Lord, our love for God, our love for one another, our obedience to Christ. And I would say it's going to get harder and harder, but you know what? It really doesn't have to get harder and harder. The circumstances may get more dire, but inwardly on a personal level, it doesn't have to get harder and harder to love God Amen. or to love his word or to tell somebody else about the Savior and share the gospel with them. That doesn't have to get harder. The circumstances, it may be more uh, cost more to do it, but it's not necessarily harder on a personal level. I want it to be and uh, uh, mean that I'm so dead to myself that there's a liberty and freedom to do that. Mm. And I know that God would have us to be that way. I always say, you know, I'm closing, and we're going to spend the last few minutes, well, we're going to spend a few minutes in prayer. But I, I want to, to be used up for the Lord. Let's put it this way. I want to want to be used up for the Lord. I don't want to try to go through life dragging a big uh, baggage behind me of self in the world. Lord, I'm trying to catch up to you, but I sure don't want to live this stuff back here. God says, let it go. Paul said, I count it as done. And let's go on and live for Jesus Christ, who died for us. Amen? And so, y'all, I know it's a word I believe that the Lord had our church tonight. It's simple. I could probably say one thing you didn't know already tonight. <clears throat> I just think it's good as a body for us to, to see it. <clears throat> and Christ wants to wear us out mentally and in our faith. And the Lord says, don't become weary and well doing. Strengthen what remains. It goes on to say in Daniel, they that know their God shall do exploits. And they're going to be those that turn people to righteousness. Mm -hmm. Now, even in the tribulation period, and we're on this side of the tribulation, God wants to use us in that way. He wants to show himself to be the God that he has proven to be in the word of God through his people. And we look around and say, well, we've got 25 people here, whatever, 30 people. Yes, through this group. And through other like-minded, well-saved people on this planet. He wants to show almighty God through feeble people, he's chosen the weak things to confound the wise. <clears throat> I would say he's going to do that if we'll let him. Mm -hmm. Whatever that entails, it's going to be glorifying to God. And it's going to be awesome for us. He didn't choose Paul to live in this day. He chose us in this room to live as Christians in this day. So let's live as Christians in this day. Mm -hmm. Amen. Uh -oh, so I'm going to open this in prayer just for a few minutes, y'all. It's a little after 8. Uh, it is summertime. The kids don't have school. Uh, but let's take the next 10 or 15 minutes to pray. Come up to this microphone. Pray for our country. Pray for souls to be saved. Pray for the churches in America and across the world to be steadfast and true to the Lord. And uh, uh, awakening in the churches. Pray for, uh, for souls to be saved. Pray for open doors. 
pray that, that circumstances would change, that God would put up his hands and stop the flood of this one world, at least and give it a, a, a pause in our lifetimes. He can do that. We know ultimately where it's going. We don't deserve that pause. And we know ultimately where it's going. And he could give us a, a break. He could give us a, a light in life for a little while. And, and I know that he can do that. So, Father, we come before you in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray you help me and this body right here and your saints around the world to truly say not to become weary and well-doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. And Lord, as we have opportunity, help us to do good to all men, especially to those that are the saints of God and part of your kingdom. Help us not shrivel up in a ball and get in some bunker and hunker down, waiting for it all to blow over and survive. You have called us to be more than conquerors. You've called us to be salt and light. You've said we live in the midst of a crooked, perverse nation, but we shine as lights in the midst of them that we're to be holy and blameless without rebuke in the midst of this wickedness that we live in. God, we have to go to your word. We have to be filled with the Holy Ghost. We have to spend our life on our knees in prayer before you and with one another in the house of God, encouraging one another. We're going to need it. We need it now. We're going to need it more in the days ahead. If all this was taken away from us, meeting together, preaching freely like I am, and, and we are. If that's taken away, we sure better take advantage of it while we can right now. Amen. And Lord, help us to do that. God, strengthen your people and don't let us walk around timidly in fear uh, of, of, a, of the Antichrist. You have not given us the spirit of fear, but a power that's the dunamis power of the Holy Ghost and of love and of a sound mind. And we claim it and we want to walk in it in Jesus' name.